a, a message this morning that I want you to really think about. It's an opportunity for self-reflection and self-assessment. Uh, and this morning's message is literally a question. And the question goes something like this. What are you going to do about it? All right. I, I, that's worth saying one more time. What are you going to do about it? Because when we wake up every morning, I told Gail this morning, the first thing that I saw on the news this morning, another brilliant story. Uh, this time we have brothers and sisters dead and or injured in Philadelphia. Yes. And I just left Philadelphia caring for my younger cousin who's dealing with cancer. And he was discharged from the hospital on Friday after being there for an entire week. And I went up there to give him some comfort, lay hands on him, pray with him, show him that he has a male figure in his family because he's the younger brother of all sisters, so he needs that male voice. And God was saying, what are you going to do about it? And interestingly enough, I didn't realize it until I got there, but he was actually being discharged that particular day. So I had an opportunity to wait for all the paperwork to come through, meet the doctor, meet the anesthesiologist, meet the nurse, and actually take him home. And he said, Cousin Kev, can you do me a big favor? And I said, absolutely. That's what I'm here to do. He said, can you take me to Wendy's? <laughs> It doesn't taste good, and I just need something different. I said, okay, I'll take you to Wendy's. So we went all around Philadelphia, uh, and we found the Wendy's. And, and so I pulled up to the window, and it took a good little while to get the service, because there were a lot of people there. It's a Friday afternoon. And then we get to the window, and I look over at my cousin. I said, what would you like? I thought he was going to order like maybe a chicken sandwich, maybe maybe a baked potato, a bottle of water, you know, something healthy. You just got out of the hospital, brother. He said, I want a triple with some small fries. I don't like their beverages, so I don't want nothing to drink. After we get this, then take me to Wawa. I want a two-liter grape soda. responsibility above and beyond ask, answering the question what are you going to do about it but we have a responsibility to restore spiritual physical and mental health uh -huh. for ourselves but everybody within our sphere of influence because we need we need to be spiritually fit the mind of Christ we need to have a healthy body so we can have energy yes. and vitality and zeal and enthusiasm to go out into the community and make a difference. Mm -hmm. And we also need to have our mental health sharp. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. So Micah is a perfect, yeah. perfect example as we move into Men's Health Month of a prophet that was called based upon a burden that God put in his heart to speak to folks yes. to make his particular country at that time in biblical history unhealthy. Mm -hmm. 
And so it is in America today, we live in a nation, a society, in a country that is what? But we're not just talking physical, we're talking mental and spiritual. Our country is jacked up. As was Israel and Jerusalem when Micah received his burden from the Lord. And so responding to the question, what are you going to do about it? has something to do with all of us because yes. every one of us has a burden. Yes. There's, there's something going on in yes. society for every one of us that, that bothers you. Something. It might be something going on in the school system. It may be something going on in your job. It may be something going on in your family, immediate or extended. It could be something going on in your church. You can see what the Lord gives you as a burden, but then the question is, just like with Micah, what are you going to do about it? Because things don't just happen by happenstance or circumstance. They happen for a reason because you and I are gifted to be the difference maker. When when I met Keith, Pastor Keith, when I first met him, Keith was at that level in the government where he was ready, he was poised, he was prepared Uh to be elevated to the next level. Uh Everybody say but. 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 Something was standing in his way. Something kept giving him opportunities that were wide open, but then certain people would step in the gap. (laughs) And that was right around the time that both of us met. And guess what? For me, it became a burden. Because I don't like seeing people, any people, being disrespected, abused, or misused. Amen. And so that's an example of a burden that you and I see every single day. Look here in Micah chapter number one and verse number one. Now this is a book of of the Bible that has seven chapters. And literally you can sum it up in the way that I just did. Micah, a prophet of God, the mouthpiece of God to speak to God's people or to speak to a certain geographical region in the world. In this case, the nation of Israel. With a burden, because what he saw was people in positions of authority and power misusing it and mistreating the people. Amen. And he did something about it. Look at verse number one in chapter number one. Let me prove it to you in scripture. I'm reading from the New King James Version. The King James Version. Now the word of the Lord came unto me. I'm sorry, I'm in Jonah. Let me get over to Micah. The word of the Lord that came to Micah, the Morazite, in the days of Jotham, Ahaz, and Hezekiah, mm-hmm. kings of Judah, which he saw. Everyone say saw. Saw. One more time. Saw. saw. Which he saw concerning Samaria and Jerusalem. What is the issue? Turn over to chapter number two and verse number one. Come on. God is about to send judgment into this nation unless somebody steps up and says something. Now, now we already dealt with the 45th president Uh and all of the ramifications that we're still feeling. So the question is, what can we do to influence all of our brothers and sisters to please get to the voting booth 
Yes. When the time comes, yes. and vote for the right candidate. Yes. Because the people in position of power and authority are supposed to be there representing those that voted for them. Amen. But I would submit to you on Capitol Hill, we have 50 senators and we have 435 representatives that aren't necessarily representing those of us that say Amen. Amen. Now, my Amen. prayer is that tomorrow morning we don't wake up again with breaking news saying somebody may be in San Antonio or Albuquerque or Milwaukee or San Antonio or Seattle or LA or Sacramento or any other place around this nation where more people have been murdered at the hands of a gun. Amen. And we have people on Capitol Hill that can do something about it, but they're not ask, they're not answering the question, what will I do about it? They're just holding on to their authority and power. Look at chapter number two and verse number one. Woe to them that devise inequity and work or plan evil upon their beds. When the morning is light, they practice it because it is in the power of their hand. And Micah, just like you and I, men and women of this great church, we have an opportunity to recognize and acknowledge in this country, in this nation, in a society, what's wrong, what area of giftedness has God given me, and how can I make a difference? And that's how we begin the process of restoring the physical, the mental, as well as the spiritual health of this nation, because the nation in which we live is sick, yes. it's yes. ill, yes. it's dying, yes. it's diseased. Yes. But when we see it and we recognize it, there is something that we can do based upon how God has gifted you. And we're not necessarily going to save the entire world, but we can at least reach out and touch Amen. those within our sphere of influence. And then one person at a time, perhaps we can get toward making the world a much better place. So here's the question, and here's the Kevin Johnson answer, and this is for me, and I want you to think about how God is speaking to you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I am on a passionate road of building, creating, sustaining, maintaining, cultivating, coaching, mm -hmm. preaching to, yes, mentoring, mm -hmm. and being an example of leaders. Amen. 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 <coughs> because I believe that leaders help to make the world a much better place. Amen. I spent 34 years in the federal government as a frontline, mid-level, and senior-level leader in parallel, just like Pastor Keith, by vocational ministry, now going into 20, 22 years. Gail and I served together as deacons. I've served as an associate pastor, and I've served as a senior pastor. And I've seen some good leadership, and, and I remember how it made me feel. And you have experienced good leadership. You are experiencing Amen. 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 And you know how it makes you feel. You don't always remember what they say, but you do remember how Pastor Keith and Pastor Iantha make you feel. Amen. That's something that you remember. Amen. Now, let's flip the coin. We've been under bad leadership as well. And just like with bad leaders, you remember how it makes you feel. Yeah. Now, how would you rather feel? Would you rather feel like this 
or would you rather feel like this? That's the question. That's why there's so much disease and sickness going on in our nation because people are not being dealt with by way of respect, care, value, empathy, compassion, saying I love you, and having those words follow the actual deed. And so people are crying out. What's wrong with me? Well, it's not that person. It's us. Amen. Now, that's just one example. Whatever your burden might be, take it up and run with it. And that's the space that I am. Let me, let, me, let me share with you the definition that I'm using when I say leadership. Leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration, generated by a passion, Motivated by a vision, birthed from a conviction, and produced by a sense of purpose. Let it sink in. Let it sink in. I'm going to say it one more time. Leadership is the capacity to influence others through inspiration, generated by a passion, motivated by a vision, birthed from a conviction, and produced by a sense of purpose, the late, great Dr. Pastor Miles Monroe. That, that's his definition. And, and let me share something with you. When you're walking in the purpose that God has called for you, he provides different opportunities. So I specifically referenced Cameron and his birthday. And I specific, specifically mentioned to you uh, where we went for his birthday to celebrate. Mm -hmm. So before we arrived, because I've always been a big fan of, of, of Pastor Monroe because he teaches business and he also teaches God's word. He, he, he was able to reach millions of people around the globe because of this platform that God's given him. And I've always followed him. So we're going to Nassau, Bahamas. And so by faith, I just reach out. Mm -hmm. And I reach out to Pastor Larry Russell, who was one of the five, when they were young pups, founders of the Bahamas Faith Ministries International. I found out over the weekend that him and his family actually grew up with Dr. Miles Monroe. And unfortunately, when he lost his life back in 2014 in that tragic plane accident, uh, his first lady was with him and also the first uh, the first person closest to him who would have taken over pastoral responsibility had he not passed as well. So it was very tragic for the church. But while we were there, we connected with Pastor Larry Russell, and he rolled out the red carpet. <laughs> and he brought us in, and I had an opportunity to, just about maybe three or four weeks ago, uh, attend the Sunday service. It was wonderful. Meet the new pastor, meet the new team. And Pastor Larry Russell is still serving as the chair of the board for the Bahamas Faith Ministries International, the Freeport, Freeport campus. And so just being there just makes your eyes well, right? Because you're imagining, even though you can't see him physically, you can kind of imagine Dr. Monroe there on the stage preaching the sermon. This is the local church in Nassau where he preached where he pastored, where he took care of people, where he fed the flock. But equally important, he was all over the world in Tanzania, and he was in Ghana, and he was in the UK, 
and he was in Bermuda and Barbados and he was in parts of Canada, Alberta and Ontario and Montreal and all throughout the United States and he was in Guyana, South America and Peru and Venezuela preaching God's word. This man and this local church where God allowed us the opportunity to go and pay a visit and, and make acquaintance. Right. It's all derived from our burden. And the, and the best is yet to come. My, my, lovely, wife, my lovely wife Gail has, has the same burden. I mean, all of her career for 32 years at AT&T, she did leadership development for thousands of men and women at AT&T and across the local community as well. So we share that particular vision. I'm just taking it, I believe, to another level because I've said, God, use me. Take, take, take me where you want me to go. We need more leaders because leaders make the world a better place. Leaders understand how to use their subject matter expertise and have it to match what's in the heart. And in Proverbs chapter number 4, verse number 23, the word of God says, Guard your heart with all diligence because from it what flows the issues of life. Amen. That's where the respect and the care and the value and the empathy and the compassion comes from. If you don't have that, but you're smart as all get up, it doesn't mean anything. Pastor Keith and I ran into too many people like that in our career where they were smart as all get up. They knew their stuff. They were on top of it, but they treated people like they were garbage. We heard our beloved minister already read Micah chapter number 6, but I want you to hear it from the King James Version, beginning in verse number 1. Micah chapter 6, verse number 1. Hear ye now what the Lord says. Arise, contend thou before the mountains, and let the hills hear thy voice. Verse number 2. Hear ye, O mountains, the Lord's controversy, and ye strong foundations of the earth, for the Lord has a controversy with his people. I would submit to you, fast forward in 2022, I do believe here in America that yes. the Lord does have a controversy. Yes. God do. Yes. Amen. I don't have time to get into all the details, but if you just read, and if you watch, and if you listen to the pace in which this nation is deteriorating and going in the wrong direction, despite our plea, now I will say this, and I'm a firm believer in this, and I've shared this universally, I do believe that the voice of the church needs to be more unified in order to make the difference that needs to take place. Amen. 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 I'm going to let that sink in. Amen. Here's verse number three. O my people, what have I done unto thee? And wherein have I wearied thee? Testify against me. Here's verse number four. King James Version. For I brought thee out of the land of Egypt and redeemed thee out of the house of servants, and I sent before thee Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. Verse number five. O my people, remember now what Balak king of Moab consulted and what Balaam the son of Bor answered him from Shittim unto Galgad that you may know the righteousness of the Lord. Here's Micah's reply. Verse number six. Wherewith shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before thee 
high God? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves of a year old, verse number seven, will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams or with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body, for the sin of my soul? And here is the operative verse. This is verse number eight. He, he shall show me, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require of thee? And here are the three things. Mm -hmm. To do justly. Mm -hmm. To love mercy. Mm -hmm. And to walk humbly with thy God. Mm -hmm. And men and women of God, I believe, based upon the mouthpiece that we're hearing from this prophet, Micah, mm -hmm. I believe that if you and I do justly, mm -hmm. and if we love mercy, and if we walk humbly with God, He will use each and every one of us as a willing earthly vessel to be the difference maker in the world. That's how you respond to the question, what am I going to do about it? Or more specifically, what are you going to do about it? Because to do justly, is, is it gets into the integrity of our character. Yes. And, and just, just a couple of weeks ago, my family and I were back home in Richmond, Virginia. I know you can't see this, but I'm going to explain it to you. We were at home in Richmond, Virginia, uh, attending my childhood church, Ebenezer Baptist Church in Richmond, Virginia. Right? I still remember walking up the steps. I had one hand and with Dad, and I had one hand with Mom. I was a little fellow. I had on my little white shirt, short sleeve. I had on my little white shorts. I had on my little white socks up to my calves. I had my little white little, little high booties on here. And, and, and I had on a bow tie and some suspenders. Now, now this, this is before we were pimping. But if I had known as a little fella, I would have done that. And I remember walking up 22 steps from the ground all the way up to the vestibule at Ebenezer Baptist Church. It's amazing what we can remember in the subconscious part of our mind. But we were there for the 164th church. Wow. Wow. Right, and, and the young pastor who's there now, he was installed in 2020 during the pandemic. Wow! And it was just a blessing just to remember and to reflect. I would look upstairs in the balcony where I used to sit. Uh, it was very, very moving. Gail was there with me. My sons were there with me. We just had a beautiful time with the entire family. And, and what's really amazing is that how, that's how I learned as a young man to begin this process of making sure that integrity of character is always in place. That's how we do justice. And then we transitioned, Gail and I, we were saved in 1993, following an 11 o'clock Sunday morning service uh, at, the old, at the old full gospel AME Zion Church in Temple Hills, Maryland. And, and we were under the leadership of Pastor John Cherry at the time, and I specifically remember that he would always teach us, always do justly, always do what's right. It may not always feel good, but always do what's right. That's what Micah is teaching us here. That's the question. That's what men's health month is all about because we are a vessel to restore physical, mental, and spiritual health of those around us, including our nation as well. And so we have to remember to match what's in the heart with what's in the mind as a leader because the one thing that I always share with people is that we live in a nation and we live in a country where there are certain industries in this nation that Free that prey on those of us who don't know what we don't know, Amen. and they're making millions and millions of dollars. Amen. 
Now, we got brothers and sisters all around us that don't know Jesus. But we know from Scripture, when it was prophesied from the mouth of Isaiah, that the Messiah would come, and his name was, was what? Wonderful Counselor. And one of his names was what? Prince of Peace. And because Mighty we're God. with the Prince of Peace, we can enjoy what peace brings and what it's all about. Right. But according to the American Psychological Association, men and women that live in this nation spend in excess of $10 billion a year trying to get peace. <laughs> Spending money on pharmaceutical drugs because they're trying to get peace. They're not, they're not connected to the Prince of Peace. So that's yeah. an opportunity. Yeah. Ask the question, what are you going to do about so. it? Who are you going to introduce to? Amen. Amen. Them to be saved. And tell them about Jesus, tell them about our Heavenly Father, and give them an opportunity to get connected. Doesn't just end there, but many of us, I'm the first one to raise my hand. When I was a young pup, uh, I didn't understand financial management. Amen. Right? So I got my first credit card. They gave me an $800 limit. I was in college. I wasn't working. They didn't care. The name, the name of the company was Sears. They, they, set, they, set up a, they didn't put a little four-foot table or a six-foot table. They put one of them eight-foot tables with, with the drop cloth. And they made it look real nice. Oh, come on over here and sign up for it. And we, we don't know what we don't know. So you think it's free money. So you go out and spend. And before you know it, you have exceeded your limit. And here come the creditors. Yep. And these companies that prey on young people because they don't know what they don't know That's make right. millions and millions of, years yeah. of dollars per year. And so you and I, when we go out into the community, let's do justly. The second point here that's made is to love mercy. So in the book of Psalm 136 and verse number one, the word says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. For his mercy endureth forever. So we have to be in the pattern and we have to be every consistent when it comes to forgiving others. Amen. So we have to we have to love mercy. When people uh, use, abuse, uh, and misuse us, we have to first and foremost to stay in alignment with what Micah is teaching us in the word is we just have to forgive them and then move on. Yes. Because in Psalm chapter 86 and verse number 5, he says, For thou, O Lord, are good yes. and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all of them that call upon you. So if God Almighty can forgive us and we know he does, as a matter of fact, each and every day we wake up, sometimes in our prayer, but not every day, I thank him for four, fifth, six, seven, eight, eight chances. Because because none of us are perfect. That's how God created us, right? And so we don't always solve problems and make decisions the way that we should. And guess what? Other people that we know are in the same boat. So if God is quick to forgive us, we can be quick to forgive others. That's right. That doesn't mean you don't forget. But you can forgive. And then, brothers and sisters, last but not least, according to Micah and the conversation that he's having, having with our Heavenly Father, because God is pleading from verses 1 through 6, and then Micah replies verses 6 through 9. As a part of this response, he says to walk humbly with the Lord. 
And we see here that in 1 Peter chapter number 5 and verse number 6, God's word reminds us to humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may what? Exalt you and do time. But just to walk humbly. Think about those of you that like sports. Think about all the athletes that boast and brag all the time. And think about the ones who are humble and don't have too much to say. And, and take a look to see who has the most championships. It's just, yeah. I just want you to think about it. When you get an opportunity, look look at the ones that brag a lot. Uh, T.O. Oh, that, that was my that was my inside voice. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about me. This is how great I am. And no, 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 no. Right? But you think about other guys who are very, very humble. As a matter of fact, when it comes to the NFL, think about the guy who has the most Super Bowl championships. Yeah. And, look, and look at how humble he is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about teammates. Absolutely. So that, that's, what, that's what the Lord is asking us to do as an extension of this. What am I going to do about it? Whatever you decide to do is that, that burden that's in your heart. Just, just do it justly. Love mercy. And walk humbly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's right from Micah. In verse number eight. The last thing I'll say is this. We were in my hometown of Richmond, like I just said, celebrating my dad's 85th birthday a couple of weeks ago. It was a surprise party. And the next day we got a chance to go to Ebenezer Baptist Church where my Christian identity actually began. And as a young fellow, dad always taught me to be prepared. Now, I didn't share this with you last time, I don't think, but my dad served 20 years in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, he's the oldest of seven children. He went in and enlisted right out of high school, uh, and then he became a drill sergeant in Paris Island, South Carolina. Then my brother was born in Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. I was born not too far from here in Quantico, Virginia. And he was commissioned as a junior officer while he was serving, so he retired after 20 years as a first lieutenant. And from the time I was a little fellow, he just always taught me, Kevin, be prepared. And I'll be honest with you, I, I didn't really know what that meant. But you don't tell a Marine that you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Even today. Because at his 85th birthday party a couple weeks ago, he got agitated about something. And I had to calm him down. He said, I'm going to kill him. <laughs> calm down, man. Because it ain't that anymore. I think the sweet tea wasn't sweet enough. <laughs> But uh, what I want to share with you is what I learned is many years later, mm -hmm. and this is as it relates to your burden, mm -hmm. whatever that burden is that God has given you. Mm -hmm. What Dad was teaching me was that it's always better to be prepared mm -hmm. and not have an opportunity mm -hmm. than it is to have an opportunity and not be prepared. So whatever that burden is, yeah. study it. Pray about it, research it, practice it, make sure you own it, and be prepared to be that difference maker that God wants to use here on earth as an earthen vessel. I read my favorite publication this morning before I showed up, right? But the truth of the matter is, every day, 
I don't necessarily get a chance to break open my Bible. But I have our daily bread. And today's message is taken from 1 John 5, verse 14. This is the confidence we have in approaching God that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And the caption is, confident in God. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, thank you that we can come confidently to you in prayer, trusting you to supply all of our needs. We're grateful and thankful, Father, for the word. We're thankful for this local expression of the body of Christ under the leadership of great pastors and a great ministry team. Uh, we pray that you would continue to bless and keep uh, every man, woman, boy, and girl that's attached to this church, members as well as friends. We pray, Father, that you would give us all the encouragement, inspiration, and motivation to answer the question, what am I going to do about it, as it relates to that burden that we have in our heart to make this world, make this country, make this county, make this state, make this city a much better place. Use us, Father, according to your will and according to your word, so that we will be the difference makers that you have birthed us into the world. Have us to come in alignment with our purpose and your plans for our lives so that when it's all said and done, not only do we win souls for Jesus, but we also let our light shine and we be the salt in the earth to make a difference. We thank you in advance for how you're going to answer these prayers, how you're going to move upon the hearts of every man, woman, boy, and girl that is here, and how we will have a testimony in due season in terms of the number of people from this local expression of the body of Christ that will be reached, that will be touched, minds will be removed, and lives will be transformed. And we thank you so much for it. And we lift up this prayer in the wonderful and precious and matchless name of Jesus, whose we are and whom we serve. And together, church, we said, Amen. Amen.